In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The church is a little empty today. People are afraid. Really? So people are afraid. So there's the fear of death clearly out there. The fear of death has sort of come up to us again in a very focused way. And what we're seeing on the TV and the internet, the articles, social media, is fear and anxiety. And of course, this sells advertisements. This sells uh, this makes money, and that's why you see so many of these news agencies constantly, every minute, every single article is about this issue. And it has an impact, because if you're exposing yourself to it constantly, you're going to be very afraid, and you're going to have anxiety, and you're going to have these thoughts of the fear of death. What if I get the virus? What if I die? What if I get the virus and I contaminate somebody else. This is the fear of death. But we are called to have the fear of God, not the fear of death. The fear of God. And when you have the fear of God, guess what? You don't fear death. Actually, when you have the fear of God, you don't fear anybody. Not death, not any ideology, nothing. Because you have the fear of God. What does that mean to have the fear of God? It means that you understand that God is in control of your life. It means you understand that He's provided a place for you to come. This church, where you come to be protected, where you come to receive grace. Just listen to the prayers. How many times do we say, help us, save us, have mercy on us, protect us? By your grace, by your grace, we are protected by God's grace. This is why we come to the liturgy, to receive his grace, his protection, especially and the most, in the most profound way through the Holy Eucharist, through Holy Communion. We are given protection by the body and blood of Christ. And so we can listen to the outside world, to the secular authorities who will very easily tell us to close your churches, don't gather, because they don't understand what we have. But you understand what we have. At least I hope you do. And I think you do. And so now is the time to run to the churches, to run to Christ, to beg for help, beg for protection, beg for forgiveness, which he always does and gives to us. So let us be careful what we are allowing into our minds, into our hearts, the seeds of doubt, the seeds of anxiety and fear. Let us be bold and courageous. As St. Paul says, Christ has given us a spirit of courage, not of, timid, of being timid and afraid. And this is why we come to church, so that we can pray to God and be strengthened again. And to go out there and, yes, be careful, just as you're always careful when it's flu season, right? We wash our hands, the usual precautions. 
But this is being taken to another extreme, I think. And it's causing a serious effect. But it's also healthy because I think it allows us to understand, well, where is my faith? Where is my trust in God? And it puts our faith, it maybe tests our faith a little bit and tests our belief in how much we truly believe that, yes, God is protecting me. God is all-powerful. God is on my side. Do I really believe that? And this maybe is a time where God is allowing us to question, be questioning that, to examine ourselves and come to real uh, uh, understanding of who we are and what we believe. And it's okay to have some anxiety. It's okay to be afraid. But don't let it consume you to the point where um, you don't come to church or uh, you're scared to take communion or other things like that. Because what's very interesting with the reading today, I don't know if you noticed, it's the perfect reading for what we're going through. Because here is Christ in the home and it says many were gathered there. This is Christ's home that you're in right now but not many are gathered. And it says that they brought a man who was a paralytic who was sick. They brought it to him. They brought him to him. And he saw their faith. Christ is with us today and he's looking at our faith and he's wondering, why is my church empty? Where's the faith? And they bring the paralytic and what does he do? He forgives him his sins and he heals him. Again, we come to church to be healed physically and spiritually, according to God's will. And what else happens? The ones who started doubting, who started rationalizing in their minds, how can this man forgive sins? They were blaspheming. And a blasphemy is very serious, sin. And in the same way, those who say, don't take communion or don't, you know, be, you know, don't go to church or this or that, that's a form of blasphemy. So the gospel reading today is, is, is incredibly parallel to what we're experiencing in these weeks. And we have to be very, very careful not to allow for a minute any kind of doubt as to what Holy Communion does for us, how it sanctifies us, how it cleanses us, how it could never harm us. Never in 2,000 years. Has anybody been harmed by receiving communion? Just the thought of it is a, is a blasphemy. And so, just like the paralytic who had faith and his friends who had faith, they came to Christ and he healed them, he strengthened them, and he praised their faith. In the same way, let us all remember that, that we have God on our side. As we say in every liturgy, help us, save us, have mercy on us, protect us, O God by your grace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.